Warning, the following program is solely intended for a mature audience. Any of the idiotic opinions and views expressed on this show are solely opinions of Dark Friends Radio and not of its advertisers, which is completely pointless because this poorly produced, dumbass podcast has no advertisers. I'm sorry, son, um, but uh, we do have an advertiser now, Ampsmart. So, uh, yeah, um, sorry, go back to your thing. Furthermore, any rebroadcast or redistribution of Dark Friend Radio podcast without per- the permission is strictly prohibited. If you do, we will find you. Then we will send three black-eyed children to your home or office to collect your soul. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Coming to you live from the Mistopheles Studios, it's Dark Fringe Radio. And welcome to Dark Fringe Radio. I am your host, Will Martinez. And thanks for joining us on Dark Fringe Radio, your number one podcast for the strange, the unusual, anything to do with any of that kind of stuff. I see if you can find it here. And of course, my uh, co-host to do this all with me, as always, Jay Galosi. Jay, what's going on, brother? What is going on, Dark Fringers? What is going on, man? It's awesome tonight, man. Good energy. And we got a great podcast for all of you guys tonight. We're going to be talking about some different types of conspiracy theories that me and Jay have uh, kind of dug up and kind of agree with. So we're just going to kind of dig into the conspiracy theory thing and do all that kind of stuff. But uh, thanks for joining us in Dark Fringe Radio. And uh, we hope you guys enjoy this uh, episode of the podcast. I want to remind everybody how to uh, find our stuff on social media. You can find us on Dark Fringe Radio anywhere on Facebook, Twitter, and also Instagram. Just look up Dark Fringe Radio, like I said, and you can find all of our postings, everything that we post, um, anything that we have to do with the podcast, episodes, anything that's upcoming, um, you know, guests, whatever. It's on there. You can follow us. Make sure you do that. Uh, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe, and all that stuff, and share. So, again, how to listen to the podcast? Pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find our podcast. Uh, we are available on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, where else, Jay? Spotify. Uh, where else, Jay? I mean, Stitcher, uh, Stitcher, Google Spotify, Play, Spotify, Google yep. Play. Yep, we're all over the place. So just make sure um, everywhere. Just find us at Dark Fringe Radio. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment and give us a five-star rating. That helps us out tremendously, please. Uh, we can't beg you enough to do that for us. Uh, that's, you know, your price to pay us back for a free podcast. So we do appreciate when you guys do that. Uh, anyways, um, so, um, yeah, that's it. How to listen to the podcast, where to listen to um, all our stuff and catch all our latest news and info about the podcast. Follow us on all those three fronts as far as the social media is concerned. How to send us information, Jay. Anyone that can send us uh, any kind of information they want, uh, if they have a mailbag question, uh, any kind of suggestions for a show, a guest, somebody who is interested maybe coming on the podcast, you can send that direct, directly to us at thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Again, that's thedarkfringe at gmail.com. So that comes right to me directly. I respond, and um, I get you an answer pretty quickly. Uh, so that's pretty much it. And, I don't uh, respond. No, 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 not Jay. <laughs> but listen, we do respond, and we get back to people. And uh, if you have anything like that, please send it to us there. Uh, we do respond quickly. So uh, that's it for the intro, Jay. Um, you want to get into our next segment? You ready for that? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm very cautious about emailing. 
Oh, yeah, I'm ready. So let's get into the mailbag, of course, this week on Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, we have a couple of different, uh, let's see here, uh, things that got sent in and I have uh, accumulated together. Oh, looks like we got a reoccurring one here, Jay. Uh, looks like from David Gomez from Scottsdale, Arizona. He's giving us another Julian Assange update. And uh, Oh, there's some good ones. I've been reading up on this one. Yeah, and it looks like um, it says, uh, hey, guys, David from Scottsdale, Arizona. Hey, guys, wanted to give you a Julian Assange update. Uh, there's been more developments this past week. This week, the develop, uh, Department of Justice, excuse me, Department of Justice has now handed down a charge of espionage to Mr. Assange. Uh, so some are, are saying it's a declaration of war to journalism and how, uh, you know, this case is going to change the face of media and how, uh, you know, how it's going to be in the future. And others say that it's an infringement of the First Amendment rights. So you have, you know, people on both ends of the spectrum there or maybe even agreeing on both sides there. But, yeah, what do you what say you there, Jay? It's crazy how fast the government has gotten involved and thrown out such heavy things as espionage. Yeah, that's a pretty heavy uh, one. I don't know. Yeah, that's a pretty heavy pretty one. Big. Well, listen, it's, he's in a lot of trouble. He's in a lot of trouble, and it's and it's going to be very curious to see how this administration is going to take care of him, unless they just like pretty much bury him and leave it for the next one. So you know, for the next one to make the decision on whoever you know, whatever happens, that's you know maybe what happens at the end. But nonetheless, I mean, yeah, that's some pretty serious charges, Jay. It looks like he is not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean. Again, I don't know. Is the nope. is the Deadpool? Is he, uh, you know, surfacing at the top of the Deadpool? Pretty much at this point. Uh, but if he dies, we we would have to know. I have a feeling that we're now we're about to hear a lot less about him. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're right. So, well, listen, David. Thanks for uh, sending us uh, that Julian Assange update. Uh, we do appreciate you giving us the weekly updates, and uh, please continue to do so. Uh, we appreciate it. So, uh, next one comes from a Charles Pritchard from Trent, New Jersey. And the uh, subject on this one is Ghost Hunt. So, all right. Uh, Charles writes, uh, hello, Will and Jay. Uh, it's Charles here from Trenton. I had an idea for one of your future episodes for the podcast. And um, I think you and Jay should do a live episode or at least record on location of you both investigating a haunted location. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to see how tough you both why? are. You know, listen to this here. Oh, it's, why, it's getting why, better. Why do, why do people want to get me like possessed and shit? Like, what is that all about? <laughs> well, listen to the next line here. I'd like to see how tough you both are going into a very active house or a building with no lights on. Anyways, thought that might be a great idea for an episode. Thanks, uh, you guys, uh, from Charles Pritchett from Trent, New Jersey. So, yeah, Jay, uh, Charles thinks we should do an episode where we go into a haunted location and uh, record it all and put it all together for us listeners to listen to. Yeah, I'll mark it down my calendar. <laughs> well, you know, funny enough, Charles, we, uh, me and Jay actually have talked about doing that. Um, we've had, we have. A, yeah, we have. And we had a, uh, a past guest on the, uh, the podcast here, uh, Mr. David Rodriguez. He actually uh, pioneers and heads up a paranormal investigation group out of Miami called Prism Paranormal Investigation. Very popular. You know, he gave us pretty much an open, open invitation for us to come on there anytime that we wanted to go down to one of the local haunts down there in Miami. Uh, there's a couple of them. I know there's an old schoolhouse that's abandoned. Uh, that's uh, a place they frequent a lot, and also a mansion that um, they frequent pretty, uh, you know, pretty often there too. So, anyways, uh, yeah, we've uh, we've talked about it. Uh, we do plan on doing something like that in the future when it's going to be tough. It's just getting our schedules aligned and you know being able to do that. Um, I travel a lot, so but I uh, 
I do want to do something like that in the near future once my travel schedule has uh, calmed down a bit. So, which is coming up pretty soon. So, um, yeah, I think that's something that me and Jay will be doing. Thanks, Charles, for the uh, email and uh, the mailbag question. Great idea. Yeah, great idea. So, uh, so that's it for the mailbag, Jay. It's pretty short and sweet. Uh, nothing too uh, drastic this week on the mailbag. Um, and that's a wrap for that. So, do you want to get into the next segment? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, of course, it's uh, Will You Tell Me. And, of course, if uh, you guys haven't listened to the show at all, this is your first time listening to the podcast. Uh, Will You Tell Me is a uh, brainstorm child of Jay that uh, one day he conjured up in his uh, in his mind, uh, that crazy mind of his. And, um, <laughs> yep, and basically came up with this uh, game where he would ask me a question. I try to give an answer, either whether it being a legit answer or actually being complete bullshit. So, um Basically, that's it, and that's how we play. And so, Jay, let's start it off. Will you tell me? All right. So, this week, Will, I have a question about music. Yeah. I know you're you're a big music fan. You like uh, you're you're fairly proficient in the history of great guitar players, and that's one that's surrounded by mystery. Okay. Can you tell me? Can you tell me who the musician Robert Johnson was? Robert Johnson was a old blues musician uh, that uh, I believe lived in the late 1800s, and uh, he was so famously was known for supposedly going to the crossroads and selling his soul to the devil to be able to play the guitar. And uh, supposedly he did so, and he'd had actually quite good success. <laughs> um, you know, uh, being an African American of that time and age, um, he actually recorded uh, a bunch of songs uh, to this day you could find an album of his from that time it sounds very old and poppy and scratchy but that's how it was from back that time but yeah robert johnson was an old school guitar player uh very proficient and was uh, popularly known uh and historically known for supposedly selling his soul to the devil that is correct yeah knocked it out of the park this week <laughs> well i felt so bad i felt so so bad after the whole walking wound thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, I, had, I need to try to go a little easier this week. Yeah, I had nothing. For so that. yeah, I was, I was. I watched a really cool documentary on it, and I was like, oh, I wonder, Did wonder you? if we would know that his name was Robert Johnson and that he's a member of the uh, Twenty Seven Club. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was a member. See, that's something I didn't know. Yeah, he his he had stopped playing for years. While his first wife was pregnant with his first child, she left where they they lived to go to her grandmother's to bear the child. He decided that while he was going to travel and meet them there, he would hit a couple of his old guitar haunts along the way. And by the time he got to his wife's grandmother's, the wife and the baby had both died. Uh, and they said it was because he was playing the devil's music. Oh, wow. So... He uh, he ended up throwing himself in full, went to the crossroads, sold his soul to the devil, allegedly. Yeah. Um, he became one of the most innovative blues players ever. And while throwing himself fully into this whole guitar player for the devil, uh, he was poisoned by a nightclub owner when he was 27. That's so crazy. I mean, I mean, think about that's how he, the guy died. I mean, out of all the ways to die, that's how he dies. You know what I'm saying? So yep. it kind of gives you know a little bit of credence to maybe that he really did sell his soul to the devil. You know what I mean? 
for him to lose it all Probably. like that, you know what I'm saying? It just it sounds so weird and macabre and just so obtuse for someone to lose it all just that way. And it's the fat. It's one of the fastest rises of power. I, you know, so the documentary I was watching, like I said earlier, and they were they had said that a lot of other blues players around there thought that he was okay. He disappeared for a year. Supposedly had gone to the crossroads and came back and was doing things that nobody had ever done before or have done since. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe so. You know, that's uh, it's an age-old tale. I mean, it goes back to Faust, you know, and they talk about selling and sold to the devil. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it's an age-old tale. It's been told over and over and over again. So it's interesting to see how it uh, it's permeated into music in, in, in that facet. And it is a very interesting story. So, yeah, thanks, Jay, for with that uh, with that question for Will You Tell Me. And uh, that was it. That's pretty much a wrap for that. And uh, you ready for the uh, the rest of the podcast, Jay? Yeah, man, let's do this. Let's jump in. Meat and potatoes. with what the frick live podcast you're listening to dark fringe radio tonight we're going to be talking about uh, some of our favorite conspiracy theories that we uh have come up with and we've uh compiled uh together to you know talk about and we basically think that you know these ones are ones that have a lot more credence and uh, possibility to them so um, they're going to be something some of the ones that you probably already know uh, but they're also going to be some that you probably don't know as well so uh, this week we're going to start off with JJ what do you have uh, this week for your first one uh, for conspiracy theories for the tonight well my first one is a really interesting one to think about uh, the what if the facts that the, it's Going back to a time when the world was scared of one person, uh, my first one this night, this night, tonight, good grief, <laughs> is uh, Hitler. Hitler. Uh, the fact that him and Ava Braun did not commit suicide in the bunker. In fact, they continued to go ahead and live in Argentina. I, I found it to be, I've always found it, found it really interesting as to how much misinformation was given and how pretty much right then and there, that's when the Cold War was going to settle in because Russia was feeding us lies about a body they recovered. Eventually there was DNA testing. It turned out it was a 40-year-old woman. Oh, but they just happened to burn the evidence that they had. <laughs> um, they, they actually made it a law that anybody that was giving out information uh, or asking questions about the death of Hitler... Uh, would be in prison for seven years. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, 
you know, there are bodies found in their bunker, um, but the two that were supposed to be Hitler and Avron's were the only two that were burned beyond recognition. And the only way to figure out if it was Hitler back then would have been dental records. Right. And the dentist teams that, they, that Hitler had, they had to draw it from memory. Uh, and some matched and some didn't. Hmm. Interesting. That's very interesting. You know what? I mean, that's an age-old, you know, tale if we talk about again. You know, it's the question is if Hitler died and how will we, you know, were we able to prove that he did die and supposedly did commit suicide? You, you know, and you're talking about all this flimsy, you know, information and all this flimsy uh, you know, evidence that they have that uh, really doesn't uh, you know, amount to much as far as evidence that he was uh, that he was found there, you know, dead, you know, of, of, of a suicide, supposedly. That's Isn't that what they said, that he shot himself in the head, him and Ava Braun, or whatever her name was? Yep, supposedly he shot her and then shot himself, supposedly. But that was, and even that was information given to um, a British soldier who was supposed to investigate it. Uh, but that British soldier, he was proficient in... In the history of, of war, he had nothing to do with any kind of investigative uh, purposes. He focused more on, on history. Right. Uh, he had nothing to do with it, so he did the best he could to play detective, but he got a lot of misinformation from eyewitnesses that never actually witnessed anything. Hmm. More assumption. Wow. So everybody followed that narrative, and for many, many years, the CIA actually, up until the seventies, kept on an open investigation for Hitler. You know what's interesting? Um, a lot of people say that he went down to Argentina because that's where a lot of the Nazi, um, you know, the the fled went down to. They they fled yeah. down to Argentina, and they said they even have supposedly like um, photographs. Um, you know, I, I guess he tried yep. to cut his hair or grow out his hair and his beard and so on and so forth, trying to trying to do something to you know change his appearance, but. Nonetheless, they said that, you know, they photographed him, you know, many years later. And uh, I mean, it's an unbelievable story. I mean, just imagine that guy getting away and being able to live a full life after, you know, what he was responsible for doing, you know, after, during that time. It's just amazing. Uh, I mean, it's a possibility. If anybody had the clout, the power, the money, the ability to do it, it would have been Hitler. No, that's true. He definitely had the... Uh, the means to do it. He definitely had the means to do it. I mean, he was super rich and super wealthy and they were, they were just collecting, you know, just items from all over the place. Just unbelievable, just relics that were, you know, priceless. So yeah, the dude had money and he, you know, supposedly remember that gold room that they took, you know, that, that they had and yep. Russia and all that shit. And so, yeah, nonetheless, they had money. So yeah, he had the means to do it. And a lot of, like a lot of people say that, that he did go down to Argentina. Some people say that he actually went to Canada too. Have you heard that one, Jay? I have heard that one. I don't, I don't, the information on that one is even more flimsy than something of this magnitude could already be expected to be. Right. You know, it's just, it, if he got away, I think Argentina is the one that makes the most, the most sense. Mm -hmm. Um, there were all kinds of U-boats fleeing Germany, heading to Argentina. Uh, and there are a couple that were never found. Um, there are eyewitnesses from hotel. There was a hotel that was owned by a Nazi benefactor. And one of her staff members recalled Hitler taking over the whole third floor 
uh, for the last few weeks before they disappeared. Huh. Yeah, that doesn't sound very suspicious at all. I mean, please. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, and another one that they, they mentioned too, Jay, and I'm not sure if you've heard this, but um, another place of supposed where he you know fled to was the South Pole, like Antarctica, supposedly? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we talked about this, the whole hollow earth. Right, exactly. So he was supposedly, you know, he, mm -hmm. went, he went down there and, you know, hid down there. So, man, there's so many possibilities. I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows where he could have ended up? I mean, but I'm sure, you know, of course he's dead by now. Uh, I mean, the guy should, yeah. you know, by, by natural causes. I, I would highly doubt that he's still alive. Uh, but, you know, interesting story and an interesting conspiracy theory Jay, there, Jay. I mean, anything else to add to that? No, that, that's it. It just was always one of my, my favorite ones to think how everybody, it's so obviously focused on one narrative. Uh, it never really looked that deep into actually what happened. Uh, it was kind of entertaining me. Yeah, I totally get it, man. And, you know, I totally believe it too, man. I don't think, you know, I don't think that the narrative that was told to us is what has actually happened in that particular circumstance, but who knows. Uh, but yeah, that brings me to my first one for tonight, Jay. It's the Hellfire Club. And uh, I'm not sure, have you, do you know anything at all about the Hellfire Club, Jay? Uh, as far as the conspiracy goes, not a lot. I'm embarrassed to say. Yeah. The Hellfire Club, I know is Mostly from the X-Men. But yeah. I know it's derived <laughs> yeah. from that. Yeah, yeah, no. And it's a pretty interesting, um, it's a pretty interesting conspiracy theory. Uh, it's an actual, it's a, a, an exclusive club for usually high-ranking society people uh, in Britain and Ireland in the 18th century. Um, the, the name commonly used was, to, uh, you know, to refer to Sir Francis Dashwood, uh, the Order of the Friars of St. Francis of Wycombe. Uh, that was what the original name of the Hellfire Club was, but it just evolved into the Hellfire Club. Well, anyways... Um, the Hellfire Club rolled off the tongue a little bit easier. A lot easier. <laughs> right? So, you know, they had these clubs that, you know, they were rumored meeting places of persons of quality um, that basically wished to take part in socially, you know, perceived immoral acts. And, uh, and the members are often involved in politics, uh, people who are involved in government, all sorts of people. I mean, high-ranking officials, uh, you know, from every, you know, every possible uh, corner of, you know, society, high society. Yeah, so you had this, you know, all these people just meeting up at these clubs um, that were basically um, a place for them to kind of unwind and not mm -hmm. be judged and uh, get together and talk about how religion, how ridiculous religion is. It was a very anti-religious place, uh, even to the point where some people thought that they were uh, devil worshippers or Satanists, um, even, you know, by the name the Hellfire Club, of course. But that actually wasn't true. Um, they never, you know, they never, they never worshipped Satan or the devil. Um, they just call themselves devils because that's what they just call themselves. <laughs> uh, but they, they well, anybody anybody who wasn't strong religiously was considered a devil back in those days. And there there were a number of countries. They were, they looked at facts, they looked at figures, they looked at bottom lines, they looked at revenues, they looked at binary. It was all numbers for them. So in that world, there's not a whole lot of space for religion. Yeah, no, there wasn't. And um, the Hill Fire Club ran around 1749 to about 1764. And uh, so that's where, you know, it, it kind of ran the, the, the original one, the Order of the Friars of St. Francis of Wycombe. Um, then after that, that's when it kind of uh, transverted and converted to the uh, Hellfire Club, where they, uh, you know, 
got together, talked about all these things. Uh, they had prostitutes. They they did worshiping of pagan you know rituals and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, you had a lot of you know crazy stuff that was happening there. A lot of uh, funny things too uh, regarding this particular conspiracy theory because. They say that Benjamin Franklin was actually part of the Hellfire Club as well. And he actually used to frequent the Hellfire Club um, pretty often. So I thought that was quite interesting. It, would not, it wouldn't surprise me at all. No. <laughs> I mean, because if you don't know, uh, and history's you know told us before that Benjamin Franklin was a pretty much a, uh, a ladies' man. Uh, <laughs> he, yep. uh, yeah, he was a, a womanizer at, maybe at best, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he was good with the ladies and, uh, he enjoyed the company of women. And, uh, so this, mm -hmm. this basically fit the MO of, uh, Benjamin Franklin. I could totally see him being part of the hellfire club without a doubt. Um, but you know, it's interesting. It's still around today to this day, Jay. Um, you still have some colleges in Ireland that, um, still, uh, practice yeah they do the rituals they do all the other stuff uh in these caves in ireland and so on and so forth and you know they kind of kind of try to keep the 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 you know the thing going the you know the the rituals alive and things like that and it's just you know it's one of those things but it's again it's not like what it used to be obviously now it's you know been given right. to these college kids and you know they're doing whatever they want with it and you know making fun of it at the same time but, you know, nonetheless, it was a real thing at one point, and it's pretty interesting to to know that there was places like this for, you know, these rich and wealthy and high-fluting people to go to, you know, have these things uh, or experience these things that, uh, you know, most people would shun about. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just goes to show you that for hundreds of years has been a, a large chasm between the, uh, the wealthy and the elite and the not-so-wealthy and not-so-elite, and... That just goes to show that, uh, you know, you go kick it at a bar, they go to the Hellfire Club. That's right. On a different man. level. That's correct, man. So that's my first one for tonight, Jay, the Hellfire Club. Uh, what's your second one for tonight? Uh, for me, it's the, assassin the assassination of JFK. Ooh. Uh, you know, there's so many theories out there. Multiple shooters, one shooter, who backed it, was he acting alone, Magic Grassy Boy. Knowles, the Pruder film. There's all kinds of different things like dive into the babushka lady the magic bullet there's so many different theories jay oh there's so many different theories there's so many different theories and it's it's interesting to think who could have really been in charge and uh what the motives were and it's kind of strange that oswald was killed by a knife loaded boner that had mafia ties and Mafia and the CIA had both talked about overthrowing the government in Cuba, uh, which JFK was entrenched in uh, negotiations with. And there's so many things. And some people get so passionate and angry about it. And it's, there's just so many angles. It's one of those things that you can sit there for hours and just kind of, kind of run through all the scenarios. So how it happened and why it happened and what's coincidental and, yeah, let's, let's talk about it. It's cool. Let's talk about the top two, you know, theories about that. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about it. Let's go this route. Let's go the mafia route. Yep. Do you think that happened that way? Um, yes. Okay. 
So for those that don't know, Jay, fill everybody in on the supposed mafia tie story, please. Well, I uncovered this when we were doing our um our, our true crimes, and I was looking into Jimmy Hoffa, and it turns out that Jack Ruby, who is the man who shot Oswald, owned a nightclub and was in cahoots with the same mafia that was talking with the CIA over about overthrowing the Cuban government. They could control this influx of weapons coming into the United States. The, ma- the mafia and the government are both at the same time looking into removing the Cuban government. It, it does, it, to me, it's just it's too, it's too coincidental that you have Oswald, who had military service, um, was the kind of guy that would take orders and do a job, was not satisfied with the current standing of the government uh, and its involvement in the Vietnam War, and then he's killed by some of these mafia ties. I, I don't know. Kind of quirky. Yeah, it is kind of quirky. I mean, the Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, uh, theory is just, it doesn't, um, I mean, it's, okay, listen, first off, the, the shot that he made, or supposedly that he made, it was a doable shot, first off. Let's let's get that shit out mm-hmm. of the window, number one. Everybody thinks that it was mm-hmm. such an impossible shot. No, it wasn't really at all. If you actually go there for yourself and you actually go to that actual building that's still there, that still faces that fucking street where he got shot, if you go there, you can see that it's not really a difficult shot if you were a good sniper. And if you were a military sniper, even easier, um, which he was. Everybody knows that he was military trained. So, yep. number one, yeah, could he have made that shot? Yes, he could have made that shot. Absolutely. Number two, did he shoot him? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. There's so many different, you know, variations, man. You got the fucking the smoke in the fucking trees over there in the bushes. You know, you got this lady who's walking around who doesn't look like she's not even panicking for some reason. Um, you know. Did the driver shoot him? That's another conspiracy theory, you know, that supposedly maybe yep. he just, you know, reached back and shot him, you know, with a gun, uh, you know, while he was driving. Uh, so there, there's another conspiracy theory. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, you know, at this point. And then Jack Ruby killing Lee Harvey Oswald after. What was all that about? Yep. You know, that, that was a big, big, big thing. And that, you know, raises a lot of questions more than he answers anything. Well, yeah, I mean, why was Jack Harvey so? I mean, the whole nation was reeling, um, as far as the population was concerned. But it seems awful, awfully out of place. Like there, there's a level there that's not not matching up. No, it's not. You know what I mean, no, not at all, man, not at all. And so, well, yeah, that's a great one, man. It's a classic, and that's one that we. Uh, we all love to talk about uh, when you talk about people. Oh, my favorite. Yeah, you convert people into becoming a conspiracy theorist. That's the first one you really kind of bring them into. I mean, because, listen, that's something that we'll never know the truth. To this day, nope. we're never going to know the truth. If we haven't figured out by now what the truth is with the technology that we have now, we're never going to know. So unless we come up nope. with some type of time machine where we can actually go back and witness things that, you know, that have unfolded in the past. That's the only way. But until then, we'll never know. So, um, yeah, it's uh, one that will always, you know, 
rain very high on the conspiracy theory list, Jay, and thanks for uh, bringing it up as your second one for tonight. My second one for tonight, I actually kind of went down the um, the obscure path tonight, Jay, is the death of Paul McCartney. Now, this is one that, um, you know, a lot of people have, uh, you know, talked about throughout the years, and a lot of people believe, and if you're a Beatles fan, uh, you know, if you're a true, true, uh, you know, Beatles fan, I'm sure you would know or have heard of this actual conspiracy theory. Um, and the conspiracy theory is that, you know, for over 50 years, some people actually think that Paul McCartney actually died in a car crash in 1966. And he was actually replaced uh, with a lookalike imposter. Um, and it was, right. you know, that's something that, that's uh, <laughs> a crazy story if you really, really think about it. And, you know, crazy to think that they would actually do something like that. But then again, the the stock on the Beatles at that point was so high, it would not surprise me that people would be, you know... Willing to continue going along with the ruse? Yeah, of course. Why not? I mean, if yeah. it's fucking paying off, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, listen. McCartney himself, he referenced the Paul is Dead myth on the 1993 album Paul is Live. Uh, he also parodied the iconic album of Abbey Road, uh, which, of course, conspiracy theories allege that it contained clues suggesting that McCartney's uh, replacement was uh, with a dead ringer. And then in the fall of 1969, rumors spread across the American college campuses that Paul had tragically died in a car crash three years earlier after angrily running out of a uh, contentious recording session. Um, so according to the rumors, Jay, um, the surviving Beatles, uh, perhaps pressured by the British government, supposedly, this is all, of course, conspiracy theory, uh, decided to cover up the death and replace Paul with a lookalike musician named Billy Campbell. Now, um, why would the government pressure John, George, and Ringo to cover up the bandmate's death? Who knows? You know what I mean? If that's the you know the conspiracy theory, uh, you know, why would they do that? Um, some say the you know the Beatles' success was so high that, like you said, Jay, let's just keep this bitch going and let's replace him yep. with somebody else. That looks just like him, and let's go it all you know all the way through. Um, and some others theorized that the government, you know, feared news of Paul's death would actually trigger suicides. So that was actually another. It might. Yeah, you know, worldwide among you know among millions of pre you know preteens and teen fans, because they were so popular during that time. Jay, uh, I mean, you see the videos. These women, these girls. I mean, not, not women because they're girls, but they literally. They see them, or they're 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 out there, and they're just like literally they screaming. Convulse. Yeah, they're convulsing, like you know, it's unbelievable. Like they've seen something like of another you know world. But, anyways, I mean, so that was another you know uh, theory that they didn't want to cause some type of you know crazy panic among preteens and teens and have a fucking mass suicide on their hands. Supposedly, they they said that they you know. They conceded with, you know, replacing McCartney with this lookalike, of, you know, because of that. And, you know, that's what they've done from this point on. on. Um, yeah, I, it's amazing to think that then this guy sold his life to become Paul McCartney. He's so essentially this, uh, this stand-in, this double, he actually died in the car accident instead of Paul McCartney. Right. How about that? That's another one. That's interesting, too. Right, your mind around that. Yeah, that's a mind fucking itself. So in 1966, he supposedly died in a car crash. They don't do another live concert until 1969, which is 
quite odd, no? Especially at that height of the success that they were having at that point. Yeah. You know, some say, could, yeah, because they, they could have got burnt out. You know, they were recording, blah, 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 blah. But again, you know, the money is in touring and, you know, concerts and stuff like that, especially back then. Yep. Um, yep. So from 1966 to 1969, they finally play a live concert three years later. Uh, soon thereafter, the radio station's newspaper, you know, they picked up on the rumors and discussed them constantly. And so... Uh, you know, you go to a college party back then in 1969, people were talking about it. Um, you know, it was just one of those things that was a constant, you know, thing of discussion. There was even a number of songs that were released about the rumors. For instance, uh, there was one called Brother Paul by Billy Shears and the All-Americans. And basically, you know, it was an ode to uh, Paul McCartney, you know, and some of the lyrics were like, Brother Paul, I'm crying. Are you really lying every night on day beneath the cold and lonely stone? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, you, well, it's crazy. Yeah, you get these other people that in the music business that are actually, you know, acknowledging that this may have happened. So, how did Paul, you know, respond to all this controversy? So, what did he do? He didn't do anything, Jay. I guess, you know, back then, of well, course, there was no social media, of course. You know, there wasn't a way that you could just tweet your response, you know, within minutes of seeing something, you know. So, you know, you actually had to either send a telegram or, you know, talk to an actual magazine reporter or, you know, newspaper reporter or something like that to have your story told. Yep. This was, you know, something that, why did he not say anything? Why, you know, so if there are all these rumors out there and it was, it was fucking heavy, the, the rumors, he didn't say a damn thing. So they chalked up his silence to as, as an admission okay. of guilt. And, you know, uh, you know, they, that's what they basically said. They said, okay, this guy's not saying anything. So they, they basically are, you know, saying, yeah, okay, they're they're fessing up to it. So basically fans started thinking that John, George, and Ringo, because they were racked full of guilt for what happened, they left clues about the tragedy for their fans to find out. How do they do that? For example, on the strong on the song Strawberry Fields Forever, which would have been recorded shortly actually, Jay, um, right after Paul's supposed death. John twice says, I buried Paul. Quote, I buried Paul in the fade starting at about three minutes and 57 seconds in the song. And, of course, after that, everyone involved in the recording claims that John was actually saying cranberry sauce. Hmm. Yeah. So that's one one theory, right? Right. Next thing, on the back of the Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club band, Paul is facing away from the camera while the other three are looking into it. Also... Paul's pepper uniform has a badge with the acronym OPD on it. Now, that was believed to stand for officially pronounced dead. Now, that was later re um, revealed that the badge was from the Ontario Police Department. But the conspiracy theories were skeptical, of course. And then when John's lyric in the day of the life about lucky man, quote unquote, who blew his mind out of a car, which was, uh, you know, a lyric that was, you know, famous off the White Album, I think that was... Uh, that was done before that. And um, another thing that they found out was um, a clue that they saw on the Abbey Road album cover, which there was a VW bug. And on the license plate, it said 28IF. And as in Paul would have been 28 if he were still alive. In fact, he would have been like around 27, actually. But it was actually weird that that was the, on the actual license plate of the VW bug. That is weird. Yeah. Also, in the Abbey Road album cover paul uh 
alone isn't wearing shoes. And uh, he said that's said to basically symbolize that he's a corpse uh, because basically when right. they, they put you in the casket, they don't put shoes on you. Um, but he's also right. um, alone holding a cigarette, which also is taking as a sign as well. So, yeah, you have all these things, Jay, all these little uh, these little tidbits that are out there that, uh, you know, that have been thrown out that uh, this may have happened back in 1966. Uh, but it's uh, still interesting. What do you think, Jay? Well, it's very interesting. And I, and I believe that somebody who was looking at a fairly average life looked at this opportunity and jumped with a chance. I don't, and I also don't think it's the first time or the last time this happened. No, I don't think so either. Um, I totally believe it. So, nonetheless, but that's uh, yeah, that's my second one for tonight. Jay, what's your final one for tonight for conspiracy theories? Uh, my final one for tonight is uh, actually one that I found about just recently. It's a little less popular or, or spoken about these days, and that was the the fact that there was a plot to overthrow FDR. Like that's crazy. You think about the fact that this. This president got us through a world war, uh, got us out of the Great Depression. He served two more terms than any other president ever, uh, you know, being a president for 16 years, essentially. Um, he was such a pillar of what America was, the fact that there was talks about taking a veteran army having a very charismatic general lead it and use them to input their own fascist dictator, much like Mussolini. Yes. Like, that's crazy. No, it totally is crazy, man. I mean, that's a, you know, ugh, I don't even know what to say to that. They're finding, you know, financiers, big bank people, uh, Wall Street investors, you know, kings of industry, if you will. Uh, like the, the fact that Mussolini was backed by these big business interests and always dealt them a very kind hand, allowed a lot of things, a lot of people to make uh, money in the most unscrupulous ways uh, under his regime, and they wanted to kind of do the same thing here. You, they found a a great marine, a great general who was. Uh, he's a three-star general. He was disenfranchised by the Marines because he ended up running a, a podunk little setup in Paris in the swamp during the First World War when he always wanted to be part of the action, but he did so well that that got him promoted to the ranks very fast. And then when he fell out of out with it and never got his chance to to make any major decisions or or any major battles, that's when he was approached and him being a good American followed up, had a lot of questions uh, until he could get on the, he could get through the plot. And then he actually turned everybody in, in a congressional hearing. So uh, the plot uh, turns right there, right? Right there. Yep. Jeez, man. Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. So I, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, you know, it, it was something that was talked about as a conspiracy. Obviously there's a lot of facts pointing that, and, it's probably more real than conspiracy, but it's an old one. It's an old conspiracy, uh, but it's, it really shows how cutthroat man can be. Oh, yeah. At, at trying to achieve something. 
absolute power uh, corrupts absolutely. That's what they say, right? So, uh, you yeah. know, yeah, it's it's crazy, man, to know that it, the history repeats itself. It really does in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, we still see that t- to this day, you know, with some of these corrupt people that are CEOs of companies or government and, you know, they get outed and, you know, they, they find out that they are so corrupt that they have money, you know, invested in this and that and governments, you know, across the world yep. and selling secrets and this and that and just... It gets crazy. It gets so crazy to know that it's still to this day it repeats itself, and it's it seems yeah. to me, Jay, that it'll never go away. Right? It's one of those things. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Nope. I was having that conversation just today. Somebody asked me how I would fix the government, and I said I I honestly don't know because I don't necessarily think it's the setup of the government that's the issue. Uh, part of the issue is the people in charge. Yeah. And you have to hope that if somebody else were to be in charge, that they would have more humanity, more empathy, more understanding, and not just want more of what they now have an addiction for. Yeah, well, next time somebody asks me that question, I'll tell you, first answer is going to be for me is get rid of the fucking lobbyists. That's the first thing that you do to get, you know, start fixing some things around here. So uh, you get rid of the lobbyists, and that's when you, uh, you know, start fixing things. So that way you don't have companies actually uh, paying people to, you know, uh, persuade uh, you know, powerful yep. and uh, in politics to do your will uh, because they they will give you and align your pockets with the campaign money. So, uh, but that's a whole other uh, thing. We won't really get into politics. We don't like to do that here at uh, Dark Fringe Radio. So, but uh, that's a great one, Jay. And thanks for bringing that up. And uh, last one I want to bring up, Jay, is wo- uh, weather modification. Now, this is something that. Um, <laughs> People uh, still to this day, you know, we talk about we see the uh, some of these things in the sky that look like, uh, you know, cloud seeding and, 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 you know, spraying in the atmosphere. And, you know, it's uh, it's it's pretty, in, you know, intense to see a lot of this stuff happening. And, you know, a lot of it can be explained. A lot of it can't be explained. I mean, yes, you do have some that have, you know, the jet. Um, what do they call that? Um, the C-130s. No, it's the jet engine. Uh, there's uh, what happens is is that because it's going through the atmosphere so fast and so hot that it actually uh, it's actually condensation. Excuse me, that's what I'm thinking of. Condensation. So condensation builds up on the engine and it actually forms these clouds. So you know you have some of that, yes, but then you also have some of these other things that you have some low lying you know planes, Jay, that are leaving these trails that uh, you have to wonder, you know, why. Why? What? What's happening here? And what? What is weather modification? You know. And just to let everybody know, it's the act of intentionally manipulating, or alter, you know, altering the weather, you know, to one's will. And the most common form of weather modification is cloud seeding, uh, which increases the rain or snow, uh, usually for the purpose of increasing um, local water supply. That's usually what it's known for and what it's you know developed to be. Uh, weather modification can actually have a goal of preventing damaging weather such as hail or hurricanes from occurring or provoking damaging weather against the enemy uh, as an attack of the military or economic warfare like Operation Popeye, uh, which Jay, I'm not sure if you know or not, where uh, clouds were seeded in Vietnam uh, to prolong a monsoon uh, to basically uh, debilitate the, um, their army. And so we basically cloud seeded their, their, their clouds there. We prolonged the monsoon to go an extra month, an extra 30 days. 
And, uh, you know, after that, um, it was banned by the United Nations under the Environmental Modification Convention. So that was the last time cloud seeding was used, supposedly, uh, in in military warfare. Well, in combat. Yeah, in combat. Um, But, you know, it didn't really – I'm sure there's some type of Geneva Convention type stuff that – uh, you know, prevents it from happening, you know, as far as the weather. But, you know, there's, I'm sure there's ways to get around that. But the common, you know, technique for cloud seeding, seeding excuse me, is to enhance precipitation, of course. Um, so they would uh, use, en- you know, entrails, uh, spraying small particles into the atmosphere, uh, such as si- uh, silver iodide, uh, iodide, excuse me, uh, into clouds and to affect their development. So, Basically, to trigger these clouds that are just sitting up there to actually start, you know, you know, producing condensation and supposedly then finally rain. So, um, uh, you know, it's uh, you have cloud seeding, Jay. That's that's been happening around, you know, for a long time. And uh, there's uh, also been other types of methods of trying to manipulate uh, weather. Uh, for instance, in um, they were trying to figure out a way to de-intensify hurricanes um you know you and i both us living here in florida all our lives we know all about hurricanes and how devastating they can be and uh, how powerful they can be yeah oh yeah yeah and you know we know what usually uh you know fuels them it's that warm water once they're over a warm body of water we've heard it time in and time in and out again and again that once that body of uh, that that actual storm is over a warm body of water, it actually intensifies. So us knowing that, um, they've used that knowledge and they have tried to, uh, with this project called uh, Project Storm Fury, uh, they attempted to weaken tropical cyclones and, and hurricanes by flying an aircraft into the storm and seeding the eye wall uh, with the silver iodide uh, or iodide, and so. What it's actually doing, it's actually bringing down the temperature of the actual core of the the hurricane or cyclone to actually de-intensify it. So it's bringing the temperature down so that way it doesn't intensify and it gets weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. So, um, you know, there you go. There's there's an, just right there. There's one example of how we've used the weather modification in a good way. Imagine how you could use it in a bad way. There's so many Endless well, I possibilities. Just, just, I mean, making the monsoon go an extra month, I mean, that's got to mess up an entire ecosystem or weather system's worth of, of setup. I mean, just imagine how much additional shit you're putting in the atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And that was back in the 60s, Jay. They were doing that back in the 60s. We are in 2018, 19 now. I mean, wow. I mean, think about what they could do now. I mean, you've heard of HARP. I mean, they, they have that facility where, yeah. you know, they can shoot those fucking, uh, you know, those those beams into the Orioles, Borellis, uh, that, that that atmospheric thing where they bounce it off of that and they can actually, you know, make yep. things, you know, happen. And it's, it's just crazy. It's, it's crazy to think that we are actually even manipulating the weather now, Jay to use it against, you know, other people that we don't get along with in in warfare now. So, uh, you know, that's that's I think that's what's actually going to be the wave of the future. It's not going to be, you know, uh androids fighting each other, things like that. It's going to be who can fuck with the other person's weather first to really debilitate them. That's what it's going to be. Who can fuck with the other's uh environment, ecosystem, yeah, ecosystem. Well, well- 
we'll make it so the earth can't heal once we're dead. Yeah, fantastic. Exactly. Right, and fight for all that for what? To have a fucking bombed out Earth after? What? What good is that? You know yep. what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it's crazy to know that, you know, we we have that that type of technology even now uh, to be able to do something like that to to go into a tropical cyclone, drop stuff in there to you know try to slow it down. You know, we've even tried using lasers to discharge lightning and storms, uh, which are likely to become hurricanes. That's another thing that we've done now, Jay, uh, with the weather modification. Uh, we've actually poured liquid nitrogen into the sea to deprive the hurricane of heat energy. So, again, we're figuring out every possible way to not let that hurricane intensify any which way possible. Uh, we even created a soot to absorb sunlight and change the air temperature and create convection currents in the outer wall so we actually convey you know we can we invented this soot that absorbs sunlight and actually changes the air temperature so that's that's crazy we've done this already jay this is the stuff of the future so uh yeah what weather modification yeah. that's going to be the wave of the future jay this is where when we get old this is what they're going to be fighting about i hope i survived that long <laughs> yeah well listen that's that's it for it uh for us tonight man and uh you know, uh, the weather modification is the uh, the nail in the coffin for uh, tonight's conspiracy theories. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we've done a lot of research on these different conspiracy theories, so we hope you guys enjoyed all that stuff that we uh, shared with you tonight. We're going to get into the outro. Before we get into the outro, Jay, of course, every week we have to do What to Watch. And, Jay, what do you have for us this week for What to Watch? It's a documentary. Not really a documentary. It's more of a, a movie that tells the life of... of a boxer named Chuck Webner. Uh, not a lot of people know that Chuck Webner was the inspiration for Rocky, um, including he had an exhibition where he fought Andre the Giant. And that's too far from removed from Stallone fighting Hulk Hogan or Thunderlips and Rocky III. Yes, uh, he got to fight Ali. He got this out of nowhere chance. He was, an, he was a bum. And he went the distance with Muhammad Ali losing by decision. Yes, um, beyond that, he had a couple other fights. He would win. He was staying up, in the high, up higher in the ranks. He ends up flushing his life down the drain. Uh, getting into a lot of trouble with cops. Uh, it's just an interesting premise of a movie. It's called The Brawler. It's all about Chuck Webner. I, it's on Netflix. Everybody should check it out. It was fantastically entertaining. What do they call him? They call him the, the, the Bayonne Bleeder or something like that? Isn't that what they called him? Yes. It was the Bayonne Bleeder. Yeah, something like that. Some crazy name. But, yeah, no, a lot of people don't know about Chuck Webner. And, uh, yeah, he was the inspiration for Rocky. And uh, what a great story. And, uh, yeah, you know, he went to distance with Ali. But Ali was at, the, what, at the very, very twilight of his career at that point. Uh, we were talking about that. Oh, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't think uh, so? He was. No, it, they fought in the 60s, man. Oh, it was in the 60s. Okay, I thought it was in the 80s. So Ali, I think this wasn't too long after Ali had just gotten back into boxing from his long layoff. But Chuck Webner being able to go toe-to-toe with Ali and survive oh, hell yeah. proved that he could take a, a lot of punishment. Yeah, so a, it, a legend. It, it, it a propelled legend. him to all new heights. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a legend. He's a legend. I mean, 
I mean, to be able to do that and, uh, you know, talk about it and have that uh, etched in your, your history. I mean, it's a, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So, yeah. all right. Well, yeah, I'll have to check that out, man. Yeah. I don't have anything else, uh, for the, what to watch this week. So it's all you. Uh, so yeah, check that out on Netflix. It's called, what'd you call it again? What was the name of it, Jay? The Brawler. The Brawler. So yeah, check that out on Netflix. Uh, that's uh, Jay's what to watch for this week. And of course, that leads us to the outro, Jay. Uh, just wanted to remind everybody, check us out. Dark Fringe Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. At Dark Fringe Radio. Make sure you like, follow, and share all our stuff. Uh, Jay, anything for the outro for tonight? No, that's it. Uh, everybody, please keep those emails pouring in. Uh, let us know your scary stories and us and something that's been posted. Always give us as much content as, as you want us to put out. We'll put out as much as we can. Please keep reading and reviewing, giving us uh, as much help as you can to boost us higher so we can spread the love to more people. Absolutely. And, Jay, uh, again, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. And I am, again, Will Martinez for Jay Galosi for Dark Fringe Radio. Thanks for coming on the podcast and listening, and we hope you guys enjoy, and we'll catch you again next week.
these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. Blinded us to the truth! Take a look. They are safe as long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are or where they came from, but we gotta oh, stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them, they're everywhere! We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business, ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Control us! You're sending some kind of signals on the TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletale. Now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! Push I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick it. And I'm all out of bubblegum. 